Hello, welcome to Scripts for Shredding. My name is Elliot Brotherhood, and today is a very special episode of Scripts for Shredding because we are finally closing out the Vengeance of Batman trilogy. Yes, the the the, the trilogy that I guess kind of got me, made me into a writer. I would say I got me into writing to begin with. Uh, uh, I this is a it's just a this script is so wacky. It's so ridiculous. Um, so. I say this is a special episode because uh, we will, at, at, at a, in, later in the episode, uh, we will have Max Pink on briefly to speak about uh, the process of writing not only this script, but all three scripts, kind of go down memory lane of what that was all like and, and kind of tell funny anecdotes and ridiculous stories about that time when we were writing these scripts. But uh, yeah, we're going to be finishing out this script, and it was so... The, the, the main thing about this one is... Uh, at this point, Max and I, as I had said in the last episode, realized that the first and the second movies were not happening. We weren't going to do them. At this point, we were probably 16 years old. Um, and we had just realized, you know what? It's not going anywhere. So let's write a third one. Let's finish out the story. And let's just make it so absurdly ridiculous. Let's just pretend there is absolutely no budget. The first film ever made that had a quintillion dollar budget. Like, just ridiculous. Let's just blow the doors off of it. And because of that, we have a script that is laden with absolutely ridiculous moments, visually, specifically. Um, and it's very fun. Uh, so, th this is that script, and it's it's it's... It's going to be ridiculous, so hold on to your hats and, and get ready for quite a ridiculous uh, conclusion to the Vengeance of Batman trilogy. So without further ado, this is The Vengeance of Batman 3, Absurdity's End. It was 93 pages when it was uh, when I stopped writing it, and unfortunately, for some reason, I just can't find a copy of this on Celtics, the program that I wrote it in, so I don't have a word count for you, which is kind of kind of crappy. I, 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 it kind of sucks. Uh, but yeah, it was 93 pages, uh, and I, I did stop writing it, uh, but I do have a general idea of where it was going. I had it written down somewhere, and then I think my mother threw it away because it was in some binder that I used in a class in high school, and uh, it has not survived. But I remember bits and pieces, and we will certainly uh, go over those. Uh, so, we are really going to blast through this just because I really want to get to the fun part, which is uh, re reviewing all three of these scripts with Max. So let's just hit the bullet points of what we got so far. Scene 1. We open on a cell in Arkham Asylum. The Riddler is scrawling out plans for an escape on a piece of paper. Uh, Black, Black Mask is in the cell right beside him, and Riddler tells him uh, that he's finally cracked an escape plan. And Roman Sionis informs us, him and the audience, in a very, you know, obviously expositional line of dialogue. He just informs the audience that they have been in Arkham for a year. Um... There's a weird part where uh, the guy two doors down sasses the both of them, and they do some ridiculous thing where uh, he they're talking through, like, their loose bricks in the walls, and they open the bricks. And uh, this other guy starts talking to them, and what happens is Edward throws a brick perfectly through his wall, through Ro Roman's room, and then through another wall, and blasts it through the guy's head. It is horribly disgusting. His brains go everywhere. And obviously we show everything because we have absolutely limitless resources here. Um, 
And they agree to move uh, forward with their escape plan. Uh, the opening scene is very weak. I don't know why it, this is how we start the movie. Uh, so, w- scene two. We're in Wayne Manor in the uh, basketball court that they put in somehow. Uh, and the entire Bat family is playing a game of basketball. Even Barbara is playing, despite the fact that she's in a wheelchair. Uh, and Bruce basically has a temper tantrum because the team opposite of him scored. And he proceeds to be very abusive and just verbally accost everyone and uh alfred comes in barbara's kind of like what is his deal and alfred looks at him and realizes instantly that he is possessed and so he takes out his phone he calls up a number and who bursts into the room in a pyre of flames but who else john constantine who, for those of you who don't know, is is basically a comic book character who's a demon hunter kind of guy. He's sort of in the... I, I, I'm not truthfully entirely familiar with John Constantine's deal, but uh, he's he's a, he deals a lot with, like, demonic stuff, and he's a demon hunter or something. Uh, he walks up to Brutes. He, he reaches down his throat and pulls out a goblin and basically exercises Bruce and then leaves as quickly as he arrives. Uh, so then the Vengeance of Batman, uh, it says logo shows, and it's this ridiculous, like, lavish cinematic uh, title card. Uh, and then we cut to the Batcave, and Alfred looks right into the camera and informs the audience that this film will be more serious. Uh, and then he and uh, he and Bruce talk about how, uh, how much they love Constantine's company, uh, and how Constantine is a good friend. And this kind of comes to a head in a, later in the film, which we'll get to. Uh, so then we see, finally, the Bat computer has been created in these films. Uh, because, you know, we have the budget for it now. We've got bojillions of dollars, basically. Uh, and we see Bruce using the Bat computer to obsessively read about the whereabouts of Harvey Dent. And he's obsessively trying to find uh, Harvey and, and you know, make up for the fact that he, in the last film, uh, sort of wasn't there for him. And and I, I should have said when I started uh, this episode, uh, you might want to watch the, the f- other two episodes on this series. I'm not going to do a recap uh, like I did in the last episode just because there's too much to go over. So if you want to know what happened, go watch those first. Um Alfred expresses concern for Bruce's mental state regarding this matter. Uh, they kind of talk about it, and while they talk, uh, the police scanner on the in the Batcave reports uh, an act of terrorism occurring in the Grand Avenue Mall area, which is like, I guess, it, it, Grand Avenue is a place in Gotham, like, mythos-wise, but, you know, in Milwaukee, there's also the Grand Avenue Mall, which may have been me kind of putting that in here. Um... And then there's a weird bit where, for no reason, um, Alfred is kind of like, we need to do something, or some, he says something that they don't like, so the entire Bat family just jumps him for no reason, and then it cuts to them going to the, the scene of the crime. So scene three, uh, the Bat family rolls up to the mall. We have a ridiculous bit where Batman has the Bat, you know, bike thing, the Bat cycle, and the sidecar for Robin, and then Nightwing, G- Dick Grayson rolls up on a Razor scooter, which is ridiculous. Um, And they find that the Mad Hatter is forcing people to wear hats at gunpoint. Uh, And Barbara searches his records from the Batcave, uh, because she's now Oracle, you know, because that's how that works. Um, And she's kind of the guy in the chair, or the girl in the chair. And uh, she (laughs) uncovers that the dude is basically a freak, uh, 
used uh, was fired from Arkham because he used mental manipulation technology to get in people's heads and make him do their bidding or his bidding, I guess. And that uh, people kind of just make fun of him for it because he's he's obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and so the Bat family engages. They're instantly overwhelmed. They get to a high place where the mind-controlled citizens, which there are many, there's like hundreds of them apparently, are away from where they're trying to attack them. Uh, and Bruce sent, tells Barbara, he says, send in the ca- cavalry, which is like a <laughs> implication. And uh, there's a weird interchange where Barbara's like, what are you talking about? You have to be more specific. And Bruce says, just send in the Batmobile. And finally, in the third film of these, these you know, this series, uh, the Batmobile shows up. And Bruce... In, in a bit that's actually really competent and pretty funny, he says, uh, he orders the Batmobile, which, you know, he has voice prompts on the computer that, you know, is in the Batmobile. He orders it to fire the non-lethal explosive rounds. It shoots one round into the crowd of innocents who are being mind-controlled and instantly just pulverizes them into a disgusting, gory mess. And instantly Robin vomits, and Bruce and Alfred have a ridiculous conversation where, where Bruce is like, no, it's it, it, guys, you don't understand. They're all fine. It's non-lethal explosive rounds. And Alfred is like, Bruce, I was joking. I do not, I cannot believe I have to explain to you that that's ridiculous. Um, and then they don't really talk about it, and they apprehend Mad Hatter, take him back to the GCPD. And uh, we're, scene four, uh, Batman and Gordon lock up the Mad Hatter. Batman talks to Gordon about how these freaks keep appearing, and he's starting to feel overwhelmed. Uh, and, you know, they kind of reference what Black Mask said to him in this very place in the last movie, which is kind of cool, where, where the, the very next film... Bruce is kind of starting to experience what Black Mask may have been talking about. He's starting to realize, oh, he may be right. Um, Then Gordon asks what happened in the vaults with the Riddler in the last film. And we have this little flashback to the Joker shooting Barbara and paralyzing her. Batman tells him that Joker was there, he was out of his cell, and that he says he's worried if Joker can get out of Arkham, then maybe everyone can. And then scene five, um, he returns. Bruce returns to Wayne Manor. Ridiculous, but ridiculousness between between him and uh, Jason Todd and Dick Grayson ensues. Lots of uh, ridiculous slapstick physical violence takes place. Uh, and then Dick mentions that uh, he made a discovery about Harvey, and Dick takes him down to the Bat Cave, and he shows him a picture of the the um, chair that Harvey was sitting in and how it was affected by. Uh, the chemicals that Riddler threw on him when he failed to answer the riddle. And um, Dick says, wait a minute, this this picture's too small. We, we need to get a better look at it. And we see that they basically just have a holodeck in the Batcave now where they have these ridiculous, crazy, elaborate holograms. Uh, and we they, they talk about uh, the chemicals that were used on uh, Harvey Dent and um, how we, we see... Uh, on the hologram, Dick basically shows Bruce how the chemicals ate through the leather of the chair, and they sort of think, okay, if that happened to that chair, what's happening to Harvey? Which is kind of a cool way to do it. Instead of just showing Harvey, we show the chair. We show this this kind of indirect way of showing what could be happening to him. We all know what's happening. Uh, and then Jason Todd comes in as they're talking about the chemical makeup of the... Uh, you know, whatever Riddler threw at him. And he recognizes some of the chemicals because his dad worked at Ace Chemicals or something. Um, and, or no, his dad, his dad was a chemist. He taught at at a university. And um, 
basically uh, Jason knows a bit about uh, chemical engineering or something. Uh, and, and basically what Dick and Bruce are talking about here is that they suspect that Harvey Dent is probably dead, which is pretty fair uh, if, you know, <laughs> that chemical's burning through through that chair. It's probably burning him to the point of being dead, but obviously we know that. We know better than that. Um, when Bruce discovers this, there's this chemical footprint that could have been left that could make a trail to Harvey. I don't really know how, but you know, it's that that's what we talk about. Uh, he orders Wayne Tech to create a device that can find traces of the compound around the city and sort of follow the trail. Um, and there's a fun, not fun, fun, but like a ridiculous little reference to the pipe system that he made in the first film, you know, where he spoke into the pipes and, you know, the sound travels to Wayne Manor by some form of magic. Uh, and then scene six, we are in Arkham Asylum. A mysterious fi- figure approaches the Riddler, who I guess just forgot about his escape plan because he's just kind of sitting here. It says he has a job for him, and the Riddler accepts. Uh, scene seven, uh, as Bruce prepares for bed, I guess he has a flashback to his father tucking him in to bed and relaying a nursery rhyme about the Court of Owls. Uh, and this was... Th- so... You know, just another villain that we need in this film. We have the Riddler and Mad Hatter and Black Mask, and and, and already we're we're adding in a fourth sort of player here, the the, the Court of Owls, which um, you know, uh, for those who don't know, uh, the Court of Owls is a more recent uh s- sort of group of villains. It's sort of this Illuminati of Gotham, this secret society, um. And there's kind of this nursery rhyme that hints at their existence or is kind of a legend uh, or myth of their existence that goes, Beware the court of owls that watches all the time, ruling Gotham from a shadow perch behind granite and lime. They watch you from the hearth, they watch you from your bed, speak not a whispered word of them, or they'll send the talon for your head. Uh, And after... uh, (laughs) Thomas Wayne relays this to Bruce, which is the first time we've ever seen Thomas Wayne in these films, which is kind of a good thing. Uh, good that we're, the flashback we're showing isn't of his death, but is rather of him having a happy memory, I guess, with Bruce. But Bruce is like, that story's scary, and he smacks his father across the face, and that's the end of the thing. And Bruce is like, ah, oh, memories. <laughs> and then that's the end of the scene. Uh, so then scene eight, in an undisclosed location, uh, we learn that Harvey is in fact alive and he has developed severe disassociative identity disorder and his brain has basically split between Harvey and Two-Face. And we see them bickering between each other, the two different um, sort of personalities bickering and then ultimately Two-Face taking control of Harvey. So already, super cool because this is actually... Something that occurred to me as I was reading this, I don't think we've ever really seen an iteration of Harvey in film in, or in like any big films that have come out that truly is that, that really goes into the fact that he is mentally ill. He has, a, he, he has disassociative identity disorder. So he has a split personality between two different personalities. And instead of him being, you know, obsessed with luck, which he is, he's also literally got two different identities. Um, so then, uh, after, so Two-Face takes control of Harvey, and that's that. Uh, scene nine at Wayne Tech, uh, we finally have an appearance from Lucius Fox in one of these films. He says he's been working on a prototype of Bruce's machine, and, uh, he shows him, there's a shot of this indoor testing facility where he just presses a button on a remote, and this huge, basically, hovercraft flies into the air, and it's the Batwing, basically. Uh, and... 
Their meeting is cut short when a security breach uh, puts the building on lockdown. Bruce checks security camera footage, and it is Harvey Dent that has broken into the building and is holding a bunch of people hostage. Uh, Bruce calls the Bat family, tells them to show up, and then Lucius leads Bruce to his office to help him suit up, and he shows him the new Batman suit he's developed, which is the new 52 suit, which was a thing... uh, (laughs) How... Which is a thing that... uh, uh, was was the reboot basically of DC Comics in 2012-2013, sort of. So Bruce gets suited up, uh, he, uh, and, and he and Lucius get ready, uh, and then we cut to Harvey holding up the joint, basically. He is trying to draw Batman out because he hates him for failing to save him, sure. Uh, Batman shows up, Harvey and Two-Face argue over how best to handle the situation in a way that is actually super interesting and faithful to the character, which, I, you know, as I said, it's it's this idea that there is literally a struggle between these two identities, and it's super kind of fun and cool. Um, Robin and Nightwing save Batman from being shot, uh, and Two-Face leaves, basic for, I don't know why, but he, he orders his men to keep Batman alive so he can kill him personally. I guess maybe there's too much aggro on him now or something. He doesn't want the cops to get in his way. Uh, after they win, Batman and Lucius leave to see what they can find on security cameras. Uh, Nightwing goes outside to see if he can find any trace of where he may have gone. And Robin is left to look among the people that have been knocked unconscious by all of them to see if they, he can find any clues there. Uh, and, and of course he's promptly kidnapped. Uh, you know, It's Jason Todd. We all know where this is going. Uh, Batman and Lucius find nothing, and then they go back to check on Jason. Uh, He is nowhere in sight, uh, and they find a calling card with a picture, uh, like a Rorschach painting of an owl on it, and the Robin patch. They realize Robin's been kidnapped, and there's a bit where uh, Bruce goes through all of the cliches of like where he yells like no to the heavens and stuff of his friend's been kidnapped and he there's a bit where Lucius Fox is a clipboard and is like he needs to hit all the different cliches now that he's lost someone close to him uh and then we're, we go to scene 10 uh the Arkham Asylum mess hall all the villains from all the movies so far are eating together uh and the Riddler says they are about to be ex- escorted out. There's an, ex- ex- an explosion, and a ninja in an owl mask runs up to them and helps them escape. And, of course, that that is um, the Talon from the uh, aforementioned poem or, or nursery rhyme. Uh, and then we cut to scene 11. At the Batcave, Bruce is looking on the Batcomputer for any clues as to where Jason may be. Now his obsession is finding Jason, and, you know, all the stuff with Harvey is null and void. Uh it's late at night. Alfred tells him to get some sleep, and they kind of argue. Bruce says, I need to find my son. And there's a bit where Dick accuses him of plagiarizing from Finding Nemo and then promptly gets knocked out. Uh, and the Bat family shows up. Uh, they read the message on the calling card from someone by the name of... There, there's just a single T is who it's it's uh, marked as being from, uh, which is Talon. Uh, and they talk about uh, who that could be. Uh, Bruce mentions that it couldn't have been anyone in Arkham because everyone was accounted for at, at the time of Jason's kidnapping, but that Gordon strangely didn't give him uh, the nightly update that he gives him that day. He says that he gives him an update three times a day in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night, and that Gordon didn't give him the third one. Barbara then informs him, hey, you didn't hear about this? There was a major escape, and then they bring up the security cam footage uh, via hologram, and they watch the whole thing. He sees the ninja speak to Riddler and helps him and and help uh, Riddler and the others escape. And the final image of the hologram as the security camera footage is cut 
it does a freeze and the hologram freezes and Joker is using shrapnel to stab someone, but the person is out of frame and we see him just stabbing the shrapnel into the chest of the bat suit, which is on display. And, uh, you know, kind of cool imagery, kind of, kind of foreshadowing cool imagery. Sure. Uh, and though they've made, uh, no headway on the case. Uh, oh no, they have made headway. They have made headway on the case, and Bruce still refuses to sleep. He he's he is you know tortured by this. Uh, and then scene twelve at some secret hideout, the ninja drops the villains off and tells them they'll be safe there. We learn that the Riddler ordered Robin's kidnapping from the ninja, uh, which is weird considering that it was kind of the idea that Edward was working for him at first, but now it feels like. It's the other way around, and it's confusing, and we'll get to how that kind of plays out later, but it doesn't really add up. It's The continuity is not there. Uh, and then Riddler turns Robin over to Joker, and Joker enters the dark room where Robin is tied up, pulls out a crowbar, and prepares to beat Robin. Oh my goodness, we're adapting Death of the Family very poorly. Uh, scene 13, on the news we see that there has been an insurgent, an insurgence of fanatic Batman supporters known as the Sons of Batman. So not only are we doing the Death of the Family thing, but now we're starting to go into the uh, the territory of The Dark Knight Returns, which is interesting, and we'll see where that goes as we continue. But uh, basically, the Sons of Batman are uh, very reckless, basically dangerous people that, that are actually basically killers in the name of Batman in the name of justice and their Batman fanatics, you know. Uh, Alfred reveals that in Bruce's obsession with finding Jason, he has neglected his duties as Batman, and that's what gave way to the insurgence of the Sons of Batman because he hasn't been out as Batman for several weeks. Uh, Commissioner Gordon calls and tells Batman that a tape has been left for him under the bat signal and to come to the GCPD. In scene 14, Batman shows up to the GCPD. He There's a bit where he's careening towards the front door, and uh, Gordon and the police lieutenant that's with him are kind of standing there saying to each other, he's not hes not slowing down, that's kind of weird. And then Batman careens the Batmobile into the police lieutenant. He's thrown through a wall, could not have possibly survived, but yet he does. And he just says, anything's possible if you believe my dude. And um, that is, <laughs> that's that, I guess. Uh Batman takes the tape and uh, goes back to the Batcave. And at the Batcave, everyone watches the tape, and it is a video of the Joker torturing Jason Todd with a crowbar on various occasions. And uh, Joker learns Jason's identity. He basically breaks him down mentally. And Jason, we see, develops a hatred for Batman. And just before Jason tells the Joker, the Joker asks, who is Batman? You need to tell me. Just before Jason can tell him, the Joker shoots him in the head and supposedly kills him uh everyone starts losing it over the fact that jason is dead bruce has a flashback to his parents death the wound is reopened he suits up in ba as batman and he leaves and then scene 16 is bruce finding some petty muggers and beating them within an inch of their life uh and he actually grabs a knife and goes to stab one of them in just a rage basically uh and before he can gordon steps forward with a gun train to him and says to stop he and Batman have a heart-to-heart. -heart. We have him say the big Batman line, if you kill a killer, the amount of killers in the world remains the same. And uh, Batman is talked off the ledge. And Bruce goes back to the Batcave and collapses into Alfred's arms. And then at scene 17, two months later, 
At Wayne Industries, they are holding a masquerade ball in honor of Jason. You know, like you like you do for the death of a child. Uh, and upon entering, Bruce is offered by someone at a table a mask for the masquerade ball. And it's a table of basically plain white masks that almost resemble owls. Oh dear, where are we going with that? Um, and then there's a weird bit that Max and I will definitely talk about. Where uh, Bruce is offered escargot by a surfer dude? Uh, and John Constantine is in attendance. He offers Bruce his sympathies, uh, and he gives him a card from his, his quote-unquote cronies up in the Watchtower, and it's a card from the Justice League. Which is, you know, we just have to have that in there. Uh, Bruce is kind of like, I don't associate with them, I, I work alone, or, which is to say with my family. And, uh, John Constantine says, uh, you know, I get that, but it's good to have friends that you can call in your time of need. Uh, you know, again, hitting that point. Bruce, Bruce has friends. He has all good friends that are uh, by his side in case, you know, disaster strikes. And then uh, Bruce speaks to the congregation about Jason, and he lies about his death. He says that uh, he died in a car crash. And Bruce then talks to Gordon, who extends his sympathies. And then, as we saw at the very end of the second film, he basically confronts Bruce about the fact that he knows that he's Batman. And Bruce denies, but... Gordon says, your secret is safe with me. We need Batman. Um, and then just as Gordon inquires about where the heck Batgirl went, uh, not knowing that the wheelchair-bound uh, daughter beside him is, is, is Batgirl, uh, there's a huge explosion, a wall is taken out, and a red tank pulls up, uh, and a bunch of armed men jump out dressed in red and run into the, the, the masquerade ball. And they say they are just delivering a message. So why take out the wall then? That's a if you show up, leave leave the card at the door, dude. Why are you blasting a wall out? And really, uh, all they say is that uh, they're going to destroy Gotham. They say uh, they want to see the Empire fall and to see the Batman die. Basically, um, as they leave, they tell Bruce uh, the Red Hood sends his regards. Another villain just ridiculous so many like we can barely keep up with where the first one went why, why are we doing this with all of them uh we're at another one uh, and then bruce turns back to the congregation and he finds that they have miraculously all of the people that were wearing masks at the masquerade ball have disappeared hmm uh and scene 18 we have a discussion that the city is being split into factions basically where it's the police the sons of batman the criminals and the bat family essentially and and that the um the city's being uh divided between those four factions um and this is three days later uh, the villains are now running tests on solomon grundy to see how he was reanimated how he came back to life which is you know why are we doing that when was that <laughs> when was that on the table why are we doing that uh and the joker says there's only one person who has the answer to how uh, Solomon Grundy was reanimated and it is it is Professor Pig of course um, and so then with that with that information of hey the only person you're gonna find that can crack reanimation is Professor Pig we cut to scene 19 which is in the Batcave uh, Dick and Bruce have a very heated argument about feelings Bruce basically says you have no idea what I'm going through he was my responsibility I failed him oh my goodness and Dick says you need to pull yourself together Batman needs a Robin and then Barbara comes back into the Batcave and says basically the same thing. You know what? You're best when you have a Robin by your side. And it's kind of looking like they're already talking about, 
you know what? Hey, your adopted son is dead. Get over it and go back to the orphanage and get another child that you can put in harm's way. Um, and then Gordon calls Batman and he tells him that a body has been stolen from the morgue. And whose body is it but Professor Pig? Uh, so things are just going bad for Batman. Uh, and then scene 20, Joker <laughs> pokes around Professor Pig's old lair and uh, he finds uh, the chemical that was used to reanimate Solomon Grundy and uh, <laughs> Edward over a walkie-talkie or like over the phone or something says, uh, hey, you need to come back then so we can see wh- how, how it works. We can try to get it to work on, you know, for our purposes. What purposes are those? We don't know. Um, and then we have a weird bit where Joker takes out his cell phone, which is just screws with me because it's it's just who who how does joker pay for a cell phone plan i feel like that just gives away his he's the joker it's just weird that he has like you know he's got an iphone and he pays monthly for it (laughs) like you don't how does he hide out ever who how (laughs) he needs to put his his billing address down on his phone bill it's ridiculous. And on the phone, to get back to the, the hideout quickly, we have a very strange cameo from another DC Comics villain, the Reverse Flash, who comes and uses his super speed to take uh, Joker back to the hideout for some reason. And at the hideout, uh, the Riddler takes the chemical and uh, hooks it up to a machine that is hooked up to Professor Pig's body, and they reanimate Professor Pig. And now Professor Pig is alive again. Uh, and that, my friends, my dear listeners, is where the written script ends. And that's that. And we will uh, talk about in just a moment where it was going from there. But first, we need to bring in a very, very dear friend of mine, Max Pink. Introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Max Pink. I'm uh, Elliot's funniest favorite boy. He's my fan. Well. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about... Okay, so until this very moment, uh, Max has never known how the Avengers of Batman uh, trilogy finishes out. Let's, let's, go into, let's go into how this finishes. Okay. So have you, did you, like, do you know, like, the, you remember where we ended off? Right? I, I pieced through where, to most of it, but in terms of... So it ends with that line that I got in trouble for writing when I was a kid. Uh... I remember because yeah. your dad sent you a text, right? Because no, I accident- I was going to send that text to you, and then I accidentally sent it to my dad, and he said, <laughs> "Why would you put this in?" <laughs> and looking at it, it's fair. It's just no, but it's it's funny. So that everyone knows, this line, the the line that the very last line that I wrote of this script before I stopped writing it was uh, when Professor Pig was brought to life. He goes, <laughs> he he says, Wait, "I've let's, been." Let's read from. Um, Edward, okay, Edward flips a switch. The liquid in the bag shoots through the IV and into Professor Pig. A few moments go by, then his eyes open and he springs back to life. And he screams, like a somebody, fuck you, bitch. Edward says, holy shit, calm down. He says, I've seen shit you can't comprehend. Joker says, calm the fuck down. And he says, I've been to the motherfucking shadow realm. Don't tell me to calm down, bitch. And there are like 10 exclamation points. And, and that's, that's where the, the end of the script. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which th- th- at page ninety three, I don't know. Can you what imagine going to a movie, to going to a movie and seeing that on screen, and then it cuts to the credits instantly? It cuts to darkness. There's honestly no now, yeah, because then they try and tie it into some they don't next play, bizarre and sequel. then they don't play they don't play credits. No, <laughs> and they don't even continue with this scene. The, the lights in the theater else. go off, and you have to find your way out. All right, <laughs> so from here, okay, here's what happened. Okay, so Professor Pig was somehow involved. Uh, I think that he ha- it had something to do with you know how Jason Todd dies in this one. Yes, I think he brought him back to life or something. Even though he was literally shot between the eyes so, with wait, a so, bullet. Sorry, so you're saying your intention with this is that he starts bringing people yeah. back to life who are dead as an so, army against Batman? No, he just brings back Jason Todd. Just Todd, so just... that they can make him into Red Hood. Okay, but the, but the timeline doesn't make sense because already the Red Hood is a thing, but then Professor Pig is here. You established Red Hood, yeah, and then or, or I guess like maybe what I was gonna do is that the idea was that they they because they only send out the goons. Maybe it's that it hasn't happened yet, but they like are trying to make the show the safe face or something. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Two Face was gonna cause more problems, but like he was gonna ultimately like Batman was gonna reform him. Like, he was going to become a good guy again. But he was still going to have two phases. Like, he was not going to be healed. He, he was just going to forgive Batman. So, si- the science behind Two-Face, where he's, like, kind of an okay guy and then a very evil guy on the other side, he would try and reform both yeah. sides of Two-Face? Or he would both reform of his the bad side? Would, both so of his faces would, would work together and be good. Essentially, he just becomes <laughs> one man. He, he one becomes guy. one man with two faces. That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says... uh Oh yeah, Tim Drake was going to be brought back in the, the third Robin. They were oh, going to go back to that orphanage. <laughs> uh, which which one of the films again was the scene where Batman and Alfred take Robin into the Batcave and it was written. That was the first one. That, that was, was the, the first, first one. one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, we already talked about that. Like that was we 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 covered that. Um And then there was the whole thing with the Court of Owls. I don't even know where I was going. With the who? That. The Court of Owls. Oh, the Court of Owls. Okay. Who was so, in the Court of Owls? So like there was the whole thing where, like, there's the whole, like, Illuminati of Gotham, like, the Secret Society, Court of Owls. They're a much newer thing. Who's and the leader of that? <laughs> the guy. <laughs> but in this one, instead of it being, like, a secret society, they like, the Riddler pulls it together to screw with Batman. And at a masquerade ball that they throw for Jason Todd's death. <laughs> the look in your eyes. Because uh, they do that, they throw a masquerade ball to celebrate the life of a that, child. That's a canonical thing, or this was your no, intention? This was me. Okay. They give out masks, and then the whole idea was that the Mad Hatter uses this mind control technology to make them all hive minded into like the Court of Owls, which is not how it is in the comics. That was my me being being crazy. But I mean, that that's a feasible possibility in the sure. universe. That, sure. That feels a lot more supernatural. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, I'm just wrapping my head around <laughs> so but what was gonna happen was like Batman like the city was basically gonna it was split into five factions it was Bat it was the Bat family the sons of Batman which were like the Batman guys who were running around causing problems yes. the, the villains and then uh, the police and I th- I think that was it Okay. And it was all about how like the city is split into factions. Then Batman was going to meet Red Hood, realize that it was Jason Todd. They were going to like fight a couple times, and then Jason Todd was going to get sad and give up, and be like, "I'm a good guy now." Sorry, sorry <laughs> that I, I I made that uh, attempt on your life. <laughs> various points. Uh, and then as the city devolves, like 
John Constantine, remember how he was in the first scene where they possess Bruce is possessed and then he pulls the goblin out of his throat? <laughs> Do you remember that? I'm, it was I'm, I'm rolling it back. It, when they're on the basketball court and Bruce is being just abusive towards everyone. Oh my god. And then Here Alfred says, Wait, you're possessed. And John Constantine is just there for no reason. Um John Constantine is an actual character in the Yeah. Movie. He's like the he's like the, the demon hunter guy. Don't know why I put him in this uh, movie because it's it's not like there's anything he's, supernatural going on. He's goblins. Well, I mean the, the goblins in the movie, but briefly, and that's the only goblin. <laughs> that's why he needs the goblin is not a. Fruit, uh, but then, what was gonna happen? Like all the stuff there was gonna happen, and then like the city was basically gonna just devolve into war, and like something was going to happen that like just trashed the city put it in ruin like made it into ruins and and the riddler was going to have this big blimp over the city where he controlled you the, wanted the some matter. Arkham Knight fuckery yes but. yeah it was going to be that basically um <laughs> uh the Riddler was gonna have this blimp where Mad Hatter was controlling all the people from, and that was like where the the hive mind was and basically there was going to be the end sequence of the film. And this is this is what I mainly remember from my notes of how it was going to end was going to be literally an all-out war sequence, like like a ridiculous like war sequence where all five of the factions just went to war. And then, so, what is the, I, mean, I gotta check my notes. Uh, the city would literally be leveled in the process of this. Are these your original notes? These are no. These are these are notes from what I remember. Okay. But like the city was literally going to be leveled. Like there was going to be a scene where like a seismic blast occurs and the city in one fell swoop is completely leveled and kills everyone essentially. No, it, it just gets leveled, but somehow everyone survives. Not everyone, <laughs> but like the five factions like survive. I hadn't really thought that through yet. But so then, like the whole idea was that since Jason Todd gives up and joins Batman again. The, he has that militia, the Red Hood militia, yeah, which is taken from Arkham Knight. Okay. Uh, oh yes. Black Mask was gonna take that over and become Red Mask, <laughs> which I was I briefly considered. I was like, I'll name him Red Skull, but that's the Marvel thing. So he was gonna be just called Red Mask, and they were going to have this war sequence, and then just like a parade of deaths occur. <laughs> so get this I remember you talking tons about tons of this. people die Black Mask stabs Dick fatally and in a final act of vengeance that goes against his entire character Dick produces a knife and stabs him back you wanted Shakespeare they both die yeah at this point uh Harvey was gonna die uh I wanna say Jim Gordon was gonna die sorry your intention uh, like Harvey Dent had already become like two face good Good to And then gets, but then he then gets, gets murdered. <laughs> uh, Mad Hatter, I'm pretty sure, died as well. Um, and then the... The absolute... The, the, the absolute just, just cherry on top of all of it. Is that this is why we retconned... This is why I retconned the Joker finding out Batman's identity. Because in their final climactic fight among the war... <laughs> Batman was going to, as a final trump card, reveal his identity to the Joker. And the Joker was going to be so upset <laughs> he that, his, that his fun with Batman was ruined. He was going to promptly <laughs> lift his gun to his head and kill himself. He shot himself in the head and blasted his brains out because Batman revealed his identity. Because the Joker identity. got upset? Yeah. He just kills himself. <laughs> And the battle ends with the Mad Hatter's mind control machine being destroyed. The Court of Owls come like, this is fine, they're all whatever. 
and the heroes don't win but they're like I guess we'll have to rebuild the city and then the Justice League comes in and rebuilds the city for them <laughs> not like instantly but like it happens and, and then that is the first mention or introduction of the Justice League at all into the series no there's an earlier mention okay. where, where at the masquerade ball uh, John Constantine gives him a note from them oh okay uh, it's just stupid uh and then basically Batman is like, I've been unmasked before the whole city. I can't be Batman anymore. And they rebuild Gotham and there is peace and everyone's thrown into Arkham and Riddler goes like catatonic because he just can't handle the fact that he lost. <laughs> and then, then this is the craziest part. There's then a 20 year time jump. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Barbara becomes the commissioner and there's a gang known as the mutants ravaging Gotham which is a Dark Knight Returns thing from the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns thing and Bruce is now an old man and he comes out of hiding and the whole Bat family meets Barbara on the roof and that's the end Batman comes back but Dick is not there and Alfred is still alive like the whole film was going to end with Batman or with, with Alfred saying the Dark Knight Returns and then, and he's like, I don't know, 120 at this point. This no, no, that's just the end of the. That's just the end. <laughs> Fine. So what is the measles? This, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was um. This actually won Sundance. <laughs> the Vengeance this of actually got me kicked out of Canada. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, that's 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 literally it. That's how it ends. <laughs> And that would have been what an extra. I'm guessing 35 pages. More than that, I think. I, I was like, so the reason I stopped was because trip. I got fatigued because I was like, there's another hundred pages coming. <laughs> it's 193 pages as it is. Oh god! Or no, it was not 93 pages. Yeah, I was about to be like, fuck. <laughs> but um, so <laughs> what would what would you do differently? Just in terms of from the point of where it ended or the entire. Well, how series? would you overhaul the entire script? Oh, how would you overhaul the entire series? Because. Uh, with this script, I think I I always liked the idea of Professor Pig because for me I wanted mm-hmm. a like essentially a horror yeah. Batman. So it could have been an. Uh... Well, here's what I was thinking. Yeah. Because the the thing is, like, you just can't. There are like ten villains. Like you, you did an end game before yeah, end game, but. And, and... <laughs> <laughs> I did Endgame but with three movies instead of ten years of cinema <laughs> where, where like they introduced Mad Hatter at the beginning yeah, and that's fine if you want to have Mad Hatter like you, play you, into yeah, you, Court of you, Owls you threw away through lines for quite a few characters by yeah sometimes just making them disappear but like the Red Hood is also in it which is like okay if you're gonna do that but it needs to be it's own thing yeah. like it's just so ridiculous and like the thing that I was thinking about it when, like, because, you know, we were rewriting that first one where Harvey was in it. Mm-hmm. I think that if... <laughs> I hesitate to say, like, there's really something to it. But, like, I think that if Harvey's relationship with Bruce was a through line between all three films, well, it yeah, would be interesting. Yeah. And, you, and you need serious... For, for a character like Harvey Dent, if you devote serious arc yeah. to it, then, yeah, it could be a really interesting relationship between him and Bruce. And then getting together... I mean, if you wanted two villains, if it was Joker and Professor Pig, they together could 
bring back Solomon Grundy as this Joker Solomon hybrid which is this nightmare thing and then it's them trying to destroy Gotham but yeah you it, it is streamlining the number of <laughs> unnecessary <laughs> obstacles but like <sighs> And it's like, I, I didn't think about, that was like the thing that stuck with me when I read all three of them, like for this podcast. I was like, if, if there was, there's never been a film that was like just a very grand scheme three film arc between Harvey and Bruce being close friends. Yeah. And then by the time, if Harvey does get reformed, which I don't think should happen, it, by the time he, if there is a death, if he dies by the third film, then it would feel like actually like interesting and earned. Yeah. I, I think but, also then including the number of people on Batman's side is tricky because then if you're trying to continue the or if you're trying well, to establish the storyline of Barbara Gordon of Jim yeah, of and, all the Robins and there were also going to be like a couple characters that like went to Batman's side like Harvey was going to be on Batman's side uh, Solomon Grundy was going to be on Batman's side don't know how or why that happens <laughs> uh, Professor Pig definitely dies again like I want to say there was like like something that I have written was that he somehow got blown up or something like it was just so yeah. ridiculous and then like he gets put back together yeah <laughs> and and like it's just so goofy because like you can also tell that like at this conjecture I just got tired of writing a comedy and wanted to just write a serious movie yeah but I I like kept forgetting that it was a comedy so I tried to like put bits in like there was one bit where like as Bruce is going out Batman or Alfred says you can't take the Batmobile I haven't washed it. And they have like a weird like two second argument and then he leaves and Alfred in the scene he literally turns to the camera and he says I'm so sorry like we just haven't had a comedic scene in like six scenes. <laughs> it's just like instead this is of the playwright <laughs> wanting to die yeah. sorry. <laughs> instead of revising it like I just call attention to it. Like I do in all three of these films. You did not go back and edit. It was just no, right not. until the end of the well, script. That's why I retcon the first I say I retcon the f- him finding out Batman's identity Joker but like it's not like it, it, there's no such thing as retconning. Like this was never made. All I have to do is go in and delete that <laughs> that line. Like it's so stupid. I mean, yeah, good on you for taking everything as gospel. As soon as you've written it. <laughs> the Lord, yeah, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> you gotta respect the Lord. The the one drop. I put it down. I'm like that one guy. Who's the one guy who goes into a room by himself? Alan Aikman. Yeah, I'm like Alan. <laughs> of the comedy born a funny Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. But yeah, no, if I did it now, I would I would make Harvey's relationship. I would also like I was talking about like this whole thing with Jason Todd is so stupid too. Cause don't you remember in the second one how like he's brought in, in the very last scene and then like <laughs> by the end of the movie he's like being introduced to people. Yeah, I mean also just when it comes to the character of Robin, I I have never ever cared about Robin yeah. in any capacity because it just seems like oh Batman's got to raise a kid now <laughs> <laughs> doing all this stuff where if it started as either he'd encountered this kid years ago and then it's this villain who he then works to defeat but then they actually realize how much they have in common and they suddenly become a duo that way I think is better yeah. than him trying to raise up this kid well, and then you just get like holy smokes Batman <laughs> do you know how uh, like the whole story of Jason Todd how that relates to like family? that no that's Dick that's, Grayson that's Jason Todd Grayson. Is, is Robin but he's actually interesting where, where uh, Batman kid. brings him on and he's Robin for a while and then Joker kills him and Batman's like this is my biggest failure ever but then he comes back he's he's in some continuities he's like revived but it's more interesting when it's like he didn't actually die 
and he comes back years later and he's the Red Hood and he like hates Batman and he's a, he kills people so, and they fight so by that token you could have it where if he was actually killed Professor Pig brings him back to life and yeah. then he is the super villain that he is and then in the end is still yeah. transformed back because he, he's still right and and like the, there's the whole thing where like Batman does reform him in like the comics and all that and that's what I was trying to do in this film but you can't like that's like you can't bring him in at the very end of the second film and while he's still being introduced at the beginning of the third one kill him off and then also bring him back and then also reform him yeah because you'd want like, to introduce him in the second kill him earlier, in the second yeah. and then during the third film it's like who is this villain yeah oh because I was thinking yeah. like and I think that if you want to do the Court of Owls stuff and the the like prof- if, that's its you own just film. can't fit no it's its own yeah movie. you can't fit Robin also don't you just can't fit Jason Todd into that because there's just too much there yeah. and and it's like if you kill him off in the second movie you're gonna have to bring him back in the third to do that whole thing unless yeah. you just keep him dead absolutely I mean yeah, I remember we talking about well, I think it was maybe even yesterday but yeah if the if the through line for Batman was more so a greater sense of guilt for failing his friend Harvey for letting mm. a child that he cared for and was trying to give a good life die yeah. if it was more so about his guilt and his failures of current then it, mm. it, it would have had a it would have had a lot deeper of a, an impact and then also well, everything that Batman would have done yeah. the motivation would have been a lot, I think far more interesting and it's like what I was saying about that second film where it's like I just don't like reading it because it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> like how the tone is just so eerie and weird by the end of the movie and in this film it's like it, it continues that but it never like it never none of these up. films ever like actually go into the stuff that like, like go deeper into like Alfred and Batman's relationship being strained because Alfred doesn't like what he's doing or anything like that which is mm. something that like could be said about any Batman film ever like which was something that I mean they did go I guess in the, the Batman with Robert Pattinson they kind of went into that but I still have not seen the Batman yet oh you really have no no oh. I, I I wanted to see it in the cinemas but then it never came around to it but I'm just thinking of like Michael Caine Alfred they had some he, of it but he, he was just trying to keep him alive <laughs> yeah and, and in the third one they definitely went more into it but I think that like having this like the thing that I thought was interesting is how like it's so close to like over the course of the three films, having it be this progression of Bruce getting deeper and deeper and more people being affected by it in a bad way, like in a very problematic way. Because then, yeah, you could include then the B story of Jim and Barbara. Yeah. And I, I mean, making her Batgirl, that, that, that is necessary to her through line of suddenly then becoming disabled by the Joker is because she is Batgirl more than, She's Barbara helping Batman. But that's yeah. and and another thing in that second movie, she's introduced and then she is she becomes Batgirl. And then, then she's it. shot in the spine and then instantly becomes Oracle. In twenty five in odd 20. pages. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's just it's so it's ridiculous. It's goofy as hell. I'm trying to think to see if I if there's anything else that I missed. But yeah, no. The, and the Riddler is just like so like because the whole thing was at the end after you think the Court of Owls is behind everything, you realize that the Riddler was... That was what my, my goal, was that you realize the Riddler was actually the mastermind. And that doesn't work, mm. because also in the beginning, he's making an escape plan. Of this film, he's making an escape plan to get out of Arkham. And then the next scene that he's in, he's just, like, kicking back and chilling. <laughs> and he's not doing anything. And then Talon, who is the guy, like, the, the Court of Owls, like, ninja guy... 
is like, hey, I have a job for you. And he's like, oh, okay. But then in the next <laughs> scene, when Talon breaks him out of prison, he's like, he's like giving him orders. And it's like Riddler is in charge then. And it's like, who is, who is in charge of this dynamic? Yeah. Hmm. You can't be a top and a bottom. <laughs> that's I'm called a switch, my man. That's called a switch. No, that's funny. That's funny. I'm trying to think of what else, though. Like, what would you say is your is your fun your fondest memory of these three movies? I I think my fondest memory is yeah when we actually did a table reading of it and um, I mean it's it's with any any play or any movie where you first read a script and certain things come to life and certain things come to light that you had never considered probably as the writer mainly for you and then hearing you know scenes that were that were so out of pocket (laughs) i realized that i hadn't considered that this was a bad idea when we did the table but that's also because at the same time approaching lunatics and so desperately trying to get any superhero film or series yeah uh, incoming content yeah lunatics is is the first that that is a saga that is more burned into my mind but with the out of these scripts i think my favorite experience is actually when you decided to rewrite the first yeah, because then no, it made yeah. me remember stuff, but then also new bits as you well, you're more evolved. Yeah, that was <laughs> humor more like because that's the thing. Like, and if I were to say like what would if I were to actually try to do this as like a legit thing, like we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, like I would write the whole thing and make it goofy, and even that first story was completely original, so we could do that. Yeah, I would write it and have it be a parody of Batman that is very like just near like copyright infringement it level. possibly just on the nose so <laughs> close to being the real thing but no one says the actual names yes and yeah. like 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 where at times they even accidentally say batman or something and then someone and comes on like, like, you, you can't say that man you can't do that <laughs> and like that's just like the bit but it's like very obviously supposed to be a batman like yeah. parody yeah. like the, that's the, funny the director will come on and yeah like, you need to stop it like dude like we're gonna do this now. Keep the, the take. Keep the take. <laughs> Keep the take. Keep the take. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't even know what else I would. I mean, the Riddler is like. Remember the riddles in the where they were all. Have you read off a couple yet? I read off a couple. I don't have uh, the script. It's in the second one, but the it's it's where movie. it's it's where the riddles are Frankenstein. The, the answers are Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, and then the third one is the Riddler. So, had you been reading any classical literature at the no, time, no, no, or is no. it just like... No, absolutely not. And and <laughs> the way that it tied in was that they said they were tales from the Dark Ages, because Riddler cuts the power. Um, Even though they... Were, and I was like... The Dark Ages of the 1800s. Yeah, these, <laughs> the Dark Ages of Victorian England. <laughs> like, it was just so... It's... it's I can't believe we read that out loud, and I remember reading it out loud, and and especially with Barbara Gordon, people literally every time the person who was reading for Barbara, who I don't, I don't remember who was reading for Barbara, every time she opened her mouth, people just groaned. Everyone hated Barbara. They specifically we're not hated talking Barbara. about people hated the reader. They hated the no, character. they hated the character. <laughs> yeah, they, and they and they wanted to kick the crap out of Tori. Who was <laughs> like, Tori reading for? Oh gosh, I don't remember. She could have been reading for Barbara. She may have been. Okay. Uh, I, I don't remember. I don't remember the cast. I, but <laughs> how long ago was that? Now that must that have been was 20... 2015, right? 2014. 15, yeah. Okay. Because I it was the se- we had the second one written. I had written the first one, 
during mm. my freshman year of college, entirely handwritten the first draft. First year of college? No, high school. Did I say college? Yes. I meant high school. Wow. I rewrote the first one in high, yeah. freshman year of college. I think what I guess what I actually do find exciting about the the project itself is more so it's it's indicative of the the writer where if they've got this I don't know this demented brainchild that is <laughs> the the trilogy plus the continuation of the lunatic series what it means is that yeah you have actually written three very original stories that if mm-hmm. cleaned up stuff taken out of and other things refined you you've got actually a really good story and as you've started rewriting them it just means that you've got great possibility to keep tweaking this hopefully not for like 20 years but <laughs> you t- tweak it well, to a point where you can if you want to actually get it produced it's it's a good story and there's it's so full of character development which is what so many of these superhero movies are completely missing or they really screw it up no. which, so and it's, it's a good because that's the thing like i and and like as we'll talk about in the many different like lunatics and stuff like that like there was an attempt at this time to make a Batman film that wasn't a run of the mill superhero film, which like I appreciate and I've been told that I need to be more nice to myself in this podcast. <laughs> so I guess like that's something that uh is Are your like, listeners worried for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get messages constantly. <laughs> uh, I've been swatted multiple Please times. stop. <laughs> they they think I'm gonna do something terrible. Uh like there was an attempt to like have legitimate character development and also like I think the idea that there is a steady development of Bruce just getting more and more obsessive and causing serious damage to the people around him and ultimately basically destroying the city and him losing at the end hardcore is kind of like you know that the the only time at which the city actually begins to heal is when he stops being Batman I think is a really interesting thing yeah um but yeah, and also, like, the thing is, reading this one, I was like, it was crazy, because in the second film, there's absolutely nothing to the story. It's just people in places, and things happen, and none of it has makes any sense or, or ties in. Here, it's just tons of people doing things that all intersect into just this ridiculous, <laughs> like, like... Like, just tangle of the wires that you have behind your TV. Like, just ridiculous, like web of and just mess it's the blood clot in the brain it's, the it's blood about clot, to yeah. go <laughs> <laughs> it was the, it's it's like yeah it's the blood clot that came out of my nose freshman year of college and made me think i was dying oh god <laughs> made me think I, I had brain matter coming out of my nose <laughs> yeah. oh my god i remember that <laughs> that was awful uh sorry for that super villain cackle <laughs> uh but yeah i mean i guess that's i guess that's it oh you know why you wrote and spoke the way you spoke why did i write and speak the way i speak because i was stupid (laughs) like and just dumb and stupid like it doesn't make none of it makes any sense like especially with the humor where the humor is kind of just like the humor really only serves as a way of it's just uncomfortable and calls attention to the the problems in the script that i didn't feel like changing (laughs) But, you know what we, we really should talk about? Uh, mm-hmm. Taking this to uh, a gentleman that shall remain nameless. Yes. That, uh, I A good friend. Let's call him a... Yeah. A, um, a writer. Bruce. <laughs> Bruce No. Bruce Robin. So, uh, a connection to my family of this chap who is a screenwriter and uh, an author and such. We got put in contact with him because Elliot had completed 
And a this few, was yeah, a few scripts. Yeah. This this wasn't the main focus of the Yes it was. This was the We we printed I printed this script and this was before we had set it in we had, we had decided to set it in like the modern oh, yes, age. Okay. This was when it was still in This was the third or this is the this first. Is the first. Okay. We hadn't written it the second or the third yet. And I we, we had agreed to have this meeting with him and I had uh <laughs> We didn't agree to have the meeting. He agreed to have the he meeting. He agreed to us. see us as a courtesy. <laughs> and I think probably like a, your dad was like, please just <laughs> hang out with my kids. <laughs> my, my kid and his friend for an hour. Oh uh, but uh, this was when it was still like set in the 1800s. And I printed the script out. And we met with him. And I explained the whole thing to him in, in grave seriousness. <laughs> Do you remember this? Where yes. we were sitting at a coffee shop, I think. You were sitting at a... Outside, it was a beautiful day. Coffee. Yeah. God had given us a beautiful day. And, and this poor fucking man. <laughs> this poor man comes out and meets with me. And I basically sit him down and I say, basically, I've written this script. It's 60 pages. Batman is in 1800s Gotham. And the Joker and Professor Pig are trying to do something terrible. And he was, was like, your elevator pitch. That was basically what it was. It was Batman in the 1800s. And he was like, how does, so like, what does he get like sucked back into the 1800s by like some machine? And I was like, no, it's like, it, it, cause it's supposed to be like Gotham by gaslight. That's yeah. what it was. And he was basically saying, okay, this is how you like, he, he basically, I could tell he was deflecting having to talk about this stupid script. He was just trying to give normal sage advice on writing. But, yeah, and he, he said, you know, this is what you do, like, for... And this is, like, how you mix sound and basically telling us, like, industry, like, trade things. Yeah. But then I was, like... I would be, like, yes, I that's cool that that's how you mix out, like, a horror film. Like, they, you, yeah, that's cool. They bump the sound up when you open a door, when you close a door in the Saw movies. But what... Here's my thing. I think <laughs> the first film will be kind of about, like, Batman. <laughs> and then the second film will be, like, the Riddler and all this. Then I'll make a third one that's a prequel. That was the original plan, that the third one would be a prequel, and then the fourth one would be, like, the conclusion. He was like, that's really, really interesting. <laughs> and he was like, that's really cool. I think you should keep working on this. And I said, no, no, you can keep this. He, I gave him the script. I, I said... I, he Did he email you or me afterwards? He, he texted us. And and I, I said, hey... I texted him. And I said, hey, thank you so much for meeting with us. I learned so much. Hope you enjoy the script. I hope you really enjoy this Batman script that I put you a lot of work back into. Delete this number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, but he said, "I'm I'm on a plane right now. Um, I'll I'll get to it." And I never heard from him again. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> I mean, he was talking to us about horror as well because didn't yeah. we come with a horror film? Was that we were thinking about doing an Outlast fan film at that yeah, time? Yeah, that's or was right. That a bit afterwards. Yeah. The Outlast fan film that was the same time as that. Okay. And and we had we that's why he was bringing up the horror film yeah, stuff because yeah. we had talked to him about that. And that that was something that came to fruition recently in a, in a different way. But that's not that, that's beside the point. That's not why we're here. But <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. That that was because yeah, we were talking about other projects. Yeah. So this this is this project has had exposure to more people than. I think is is well at this time, yeah. but yeah. yeah, I I I do believe that it's it's got it's got mileage because the good thing as well is you've written so much, so all you can do is cut. Yeah, so it's that's that's a gift more than being like, where the fuck is this bit of story? <laughs> <laughs> where I need pages of development. So there's there is 
stuff. Yeah. yeah no, was... there's definitely like there's stuff that you could make into a competent. You have to cut the fat of. <laughs> yeah. Cut the cut the obesity. <laughs> cut cut the 150 pages. Cut the goblin. Yeah. <laughs> Pull the goblin. Pull the out goblin of the script. Out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. But the thing is, I don't think we ever mentioned at this time we had started our own. Film company. This was because, uh, which we'll, he, Elliot will have in another episode of the Lunatics series that we began developing. We then created a, a studio when we signed up to start writing in Celtic script writing, which I hate, called Lunatics. I think it was Lunatic Studio, Lunatic Lunatics Studios, Limited, yeah. or something. Lunatic Studio. So it was complementary to that series particularly, but then that has been the the base for ten years worth of scripts. <laughs> <laughs> I can't cut that. That was that's all. That's all good. Go uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and and basically the film studio I remember was just me trying to constantly write new Batman things, you and you being writing... like, "Stop!" You <laughs> like, were writing new Batman things, and then you wrote a little drama boy script, and I was like, "Ah, oh, hell, even, what's going on?" We haven't even talked about that yet. I've 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 put that out into the weekly polls for the episodes for this and podcast. No one at least three times, and every time it loses by a landslide. <laughs> no one wants to hear about that, and I Just, don't either. The Celtics <clears throat> writing studio was the worst. Uh, it was a tangent. Yeah, and I was just, writing. I was just constantly like, I would start writing a Batman thing, then I would stop that one and write a new one. And there was one night I remember we were talking on the phone, and I was like, I have this new idea. And it's gonna be this, this, and this. And you just said, Elliot, why are you writing so much Batman stuff? <laughs> like this is impractical. And I was like. Damn, I think you might be right. <laughs> and that was like the end of it. But there was... I, well, to be fair, my, my whole bent was trying to write a horror film. film. I, wanted, yeah. I wanted to write movie, yes. But no, yeah. I, I, wanted a, I wanted a horror film desperately because it's just the genre I love. Yeah. But then Batman and horror can be married as, as we, well, we were just talking. Yeah, like I think that the, like, the funny thing is like that Professor Pig character who is relatively new, I want to say he was introduced in like 2013... Really? Yeah, he's super new. So you had just oh yeah, you just yeah. thrown me when I like, when Ooh. I had written this script, he was like just introduced. Awesome. He was like a new character, and he's super interesting and super creepy. And I'm surprised they haven't ever done anything uh, like of worth. With they him. might be saving it because I mean, a Robert the Robert Pattinson Batman. I, I mean, hope it would have been it something. Would where, I mean, really well. I'm sure Riddler was good. It was like the it was probably like yeah. the movie Seven, the Zodiac Killer. It was very guy, similar, yeah. but then like that would be the sort of universe where you could have the, yeah. the violence and the gore of this. But yeah, Frankenstein creator. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Those I was trying to think about the studio. Uh, yeah, it was just me trying you, to. Yeah, you were trying. To, you you were right. It seemed like you were writing for the sake of writing, which well, is good. And the thing is, like, I would say, like, the thing that I appreciate about all these films is that, like. This is what got me into writing. The reason that I write, like, pro- hopefully confident, competent stuff now yeah. is because I, I spent so much time wanting to do this stuff that it ultimately bled into, oh, there are other things that I can write that are mm-hmm. that are more exciting than this. Yeah. And But this just exists, and, and I have and to deal so, with something, that. Something can be that. done. Yeah, this is your cross to bear. But, <laughs> but uh, no, but it, it, it has... It has there are possibilities in it, even if it's also just this is actually just your brain dump that you, yeah. you turn to a smaller thing. I mean, how much of the if is a Batman feature length film something that you personally, as like a dream project, want to put? Of course, on? I would say like the most recent attempt I made at a Batman thing, which I'll probably end up talking about on here, was that uh, 
the, right after I saw Joker, I wrote a mini series uh, for it, like a four part mini series that mm-hmm. was that was like supposed to be like the Joker, but if Bruce Wayne was an active participant and if Joker had bleach white skin and like it was all about the mystery of who he was before. And oh, was, so you wanted Jack Nicholson Joker? You wanted classic like, comic book? Not like, Jack Nicholson in that he has like the the smile, but, but like acid skin. he's got the acid skin, mm. and it's like it was more serious, and and also like because I was that was when I was like a freshman in college. It was I wrote two episodes of it entirely, and then I stopped because I was like, why am I doing this? Hmm. But that would that was my attempt because that's what I would do. It would be shorter form. That was my most recent attempt at it, and then that's I that's. I feel like with that these sort of stories where you could just make anthologies of yeah, just character characters. studies, character yeah. studies, and Batman's not in it. It's just about Bruce Wayne and him him frequently meeting and re meeting this this how guy with all of these skin. characters' lives have been affected yeah. by Batman because. Well, but not even that because it's it's just it's Batman's not in it. It's about yeah, yeah the no, Joker exactly. and Bruce Wayne meeting and then ultimately becoming Joker and Batman in the end, an mm. origin story of sorts. But like, I think that's the funny thing about it because like, the reason that everyone is so interested in the character is because he's just a dude that's really freaking angry. There's like a lot to go off of, and the characters are super interesting. I think that's why I was so like a torn to it at the time. Still, I am, but mm. like, yeah. I would never do something like this again. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Um, you got it out of your system, which is what's important. You know, that's the that's the Vengeance of Batman trilogy. That, the, ceremony, the ceremonious so, ending. Yeah. The, the, thanks. Now I can finally rest uh, easy, rest easy <laughs> and and you know, <laughs> I can sleep through the night. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to read these scripts again for a long time, unless you read them to your children in bed. Yeah, to my children in bed. Yeah, like like did, did I? Did you see that? I talked about it earlier, but like there's the scene where he's when they're introducing the Court of Owls when Thomas Wayne is doing the nursery rhyme for Bruce. Because that's the whole thing that there's the Court of Owls nursery rhyme where it's like beware the Court of Owls that watches all the time. Because Bruce asks for a bedtime score and he's like supposed to be ten, and he tells him the story and Bruce is like that's so scary. Why'd you tell me that? And he smacks him across the face, like <laughs> pimp slaps him across the face, and then the flashback ends and Bruce is like, ah, oh, memories. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. There were some really funny bits in this script, though. Like the, yeah, the, no, the, I, the I explosion remember. bit was funny. There's, there was humor in this. Yeah, there script. was humor. There was funny moments. A, a bold departure from the first two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that. Thank you for coming on. Oh yeah, we'll be, we'll be back for lunatics. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> much, there's much more to discuss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next poll, what is the next poll? The next poll is Sinterklaas. Santa Claus. And Toastmaster speeches. So. I don't know if you knew this, but I did a when I was in middle school. I did a, a speech writing class, and I have a ton of just ridiculous speeches, multiple of which are literally just completely plagiarized creepy pastas. I did the Ben Drown creepy pasta as a as a speech, <laughs> and I got like an A. <laughs> like they were like, "That's really good," because it didn't even occur to me that no one had, had like ever heard of creepy pastas before. So, so you were going in there being like, "They're gonna own. love this." like that was really like kind of competent actually like that was interesting i was kind of interested and it was just someone else's <laughs> bastard <Yeah. laughs> all right but uh that's that thank you for joining us give him a last give him a send off uh uh thank you for enduring this trilogy Th- this whole thing really was elliot's baby i came in and i 
I, I doctored things. I added <laughs> I added little moments, but very well and truly, credit where credit's due. This is Elliot's thing, and I got to take part in it. And even though it was throwing me under the bus, he was. I've got to get this off my hands, off my chest. No, but even though this was like eight nine years ago. It's uh, it's, Jeez, it's, it's fun. It's it's like fun to think about how intent we were on creating crazy, something yeah. that was eight this years big. ago. Jeez. Yeah, and the fact that this last film was supposed to be. Like, no budget, <laughs> as as much absurdity as possible, as many gags as could be put in. It was, it was a serious effort. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. That's Adventures of Batman trilogy. Join me next week when I talk about something else stupid. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening and goodbye. I'm gonna do that as the transition. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ah! <laughs> <laughs>